Hey, I'm David Crabtree, lead pastor at Calvary Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope you'll find something every week that inspires you to dig deeply into God's Word and reach for the unmet potentials that lie within you. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. But today, as we give, and today, as we are welcoming friends, and today, as we just celebrate a wonderful passage of time now for these 35 years, uh, we want you to be assured of uh, the fact that we feel your hearts, even though we can't come out there and hug all your necks. We can't shake all of your hands. We can't even really close the distance that we need to close. We're really struggling with this. And uh, w- wish we could get a little bit closer. But God knows. He knew. We're going to be all right. And we're here to celebrate today. I want to I pray for you and uh, ask the Lord's blessing. Ask the Lord's blessing over your life as we journey forward, and especially for Calvary Church in the next stage. Will you pray with me? Father, your mercy is following after us. All the days of your life, you never leave us alone. You never abandon us. You are so good and so faithful. We just sang about it, oh Lord, all my life you've been faithful. We celebrate that today. I pray, Lord, for the one who may be listening, the one who's, who's come, who has really struggled with a broken life, and they have not known the blessing of God. And so we sing all my life, you've been faithful, and they feel they feel as though it's not connecting with them. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they would enter into relationship with you today, a relationship with you today that ushers them into a life of blessing. And I'm not, I'm not talking about material gain. I'm, I'm talking about a peace that, that invades our souls and comfort by the Holy Spirit that affirms us that we are yours, that you have us in the palm of your hand. So Lord, today we pray your blessing on this church in the steps that are ahead. Thank you that whoever will fill the place, the office that I have filled, whoever that is, you have already prepared the way. We just need to find your timing and your path. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you do all things well and that you work only for our good. Therefore, we have full confidence that none of this has escaped your attention and that now as we walk forward, we do so in the center of your will. For that, we give you thanks and we give you praise. And we thank you again for your marvelous presence in the room. What a thrill. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've asked Sherry to come and just share a few thoughts with you this morning. Well, as you can imagine, it is so difficult to put into words um, what this time means to us and to go over all of the things and the thoughts and the people that have passed our cross. It's been a difficult uh, little bit in trying to put our thoughts together, but I did have a few things I wanted to say. Um, It's ironic, uh, we were up at 3 a.m. this morning, both of us, and uh, so I thought, well, I'm just gonna get up and put some thoughts on the paper, but I was thinking that it was 35 years ago this weekend that we came to candidate. And um, we, uh, the, the, our host for that weekend took us up Sunday morning after church to the hospital because Chuck and Diane Furr had just had their first baby. And that's how I remember the date. And um, so it was wonderful to see them. 
uh, welcome a new member of the church. I mean, right even before we, we came, we had a new brand new member to and that. And by the way, happy, happy birthday, Josh. <laughs> happy birthday, Josh. Before we even came, we had a new member join our, the ranks of uh, 30 people. And uh, so uh, that was wonderful. I remember uh, Tom and Kenda walking through a parking lot um, to come to a restaurant to meet us when they first came to Candidate. It was interesting, and if you know the four of us, you would understand that uh, David and Kenda did most of the talking. And um, David, or Tom and I just kind of grinned at everybody and nodded, and, and uh, it's kind of been like that ever since. Uh, <laughs> it still works that way, yes. I remember the first building project on Jefferson Road, and um, I remember the Sunday morning that we met in the old church. And then, Keith, I think you were there. Um, and then we led the congregation to the new church on Jefferson Road. And what a service that was um, on that Sunday morning. I know our first children's pastor, Linda Fisher, with her husband Greg, is here this morning. And our girls were saved under your ministry. And um, we now have the privilege of having two of their kids here one on staff and one as an interim pastor, or an inter intern, I'm sorry. I remember Russia, the days of Russia. I was never able to go, but the days of Russia, many years uh, we took missions teams to Russia. When David decided he needed to hand the baton to uh, Pastor Tom, his famous last words were, um, choose somewhere closer. And... Um, Tom proceeded to then start taking missions teams to South Africa, which wasn't necessarily closer. But, but through that, then we developed the wonderful relationship with our missional partner, Jacques von Baumel, and uh, with uh, Tom and the ILA and the teams that have gone, and then with the birth of Hope Ride. We knew Tom had absolutely heard from the Lord as to the new direction for our missions teams. Many, many years ago, a young man walked into our church for the first time. Sometimes he would literally walk to church to be here. And he was faithful, and he took part in um, the youth ministry. And uh, he was 12, 13, something like that at that time. We watched him take part in the youth ministry, and then... Uh, Right after he got married, he asked if he could, he and his wife could join the choir. I said, well, sure, absolutely. And it wasn't long before then he was on the worship team. And I remember the day that I approached Phil Stringer and said, I believe you can be our next worship pastor. And he is your worship leader to this day. I can't tell, most of you don't know his story, but for this young man to walk to church because he wanted to be here, and the talents and the abilities that he has, I've seen him grow, and God is unpacking the talent that he has almost every week that he's up here, and I commend him to you. I commend him. Watch this young man. Watch this young man for what God has in store for him. He's got a pure heart. And the way he leads worship, I am so 
so proud of him. Well, I can go on and on, and I really, David's getting kind of fidgety, so I better, I better close. But you know, all the people that have been walked through these doors, the board members, the staff that we've had um, dedicating babies of babies over these past years, we don't have enough time to share what's all in our heart. But all I can say at this moment is what God has done in this place. His church, he's guided us, he's guarded us, he has protected us, he has led us all of these years for his glory and his kingdom here in Greensboro. My final prayer is taken from King Solomon's prayer at the dedication of the temple when he prayed, may your eyes be open towards this house night and day, towards the place where you have said you will put your name. May that ineffable name be revered, honored, and sanctified in this place until Jesus comes. Amen. This is, uh, of course, for us, an emotional storm, like uh, you know, one of those electrical storms. You just don't know where the next uh, flash of lightning is going to come from, and you don't know which way the wind's blowing. It's kind of like the Holy Spirit, the way he works sometimes. We have, we have been living uh, in this storm of, e- of emotion. We're starting kind of a new phase in life. At the same time, we are um, pulling up roots in a city that will always be our home till we die. Greensboro will be home for us. Everything else is, is kind of next step. But uh, in, the midst of, in the midst of all of that, actually, we've, we've done pretty well managing our emotions. We've had our tearful moments. I was doing great with today. I had today all laid out and planned out. And, and uh, I, I was actually, because we both woke up at 3.30 wide awake, so we got up with a couple cups of coffee and, and sat at uh, our daughter's uh, table and Tried not to wake her up with, with the noise, but as we, were, um, as we were in there, the morning was running on, and I was rolling through some messages and that type of thing, and I got, a, I got a message from someone who just testified of how their life was changed when they walked through this door, a, a gal who wrote and said, I was 40 years old, I walked through the door, and I didn't know Jesus, and I was gone. <laughs> I was destroyed, and Crystal, I think it was you, I was destroyed for the next 15 minutes. I just sat there and sobbed. So thanks so much for uh, helping me work it out. Because if, if in any way, if in any way God has drawn our lives together in those moments together where there has been transformation, all glory be to Jesus for something that's supernatural and beyond the human realm. That's amazing to be part of something like that. We love you dearly. There are moments in life when it seems as though you've suddenly awakened to discover, it just happens, you discover, hey, I'm having, I'm having one of the best days of my life. Best days of my life. I remember so well Denise Drive, our little house over there, three daughters, three girls, ages two, three, and five, all snuggled up on my lap, and for a moment, they were all quiet. No one was moving. Everyone, I had all three of them in my arms in that big blue chair that we ultimately just destroyed. And in that moment, I remember feeling like I don't want them to move. I hardly want them to breathe. 
I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss this moment. I don't want him to grow up. It was one of those sublime moments of fatherhood. And I knew in that moment, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, I was having one of the best days of my life. I've lived innumerable moments like that with, with Sherry. I hope you know how much I love her. Moments when I knew it just couldn't get any better. And then it did. And here we are in this season of our lives, and it still does. It gets, it gets better. Or I could take you to a well in a little village in, in Zambia, surrounded by a dozen village children, and I had, we had just opened the well, and so I was standing there, I was pumping on, on that well, and that crystal clear water came pouring out, and the kids came in close, and their eyes were just, I mean, their, their eyes were so lit up, and there was so much joy on their faces, I laughed out loud. We actually have a picture of it somewhere. I, I laughed out loud in, in that moment, and something about the way that I laughed caused them to laugh. And we had our own little miniature laughing revival because I was laughing, they were laughing. Nobody knew what was so funny, but we're standing around the well, and we are, you know, we're laughing, and I'd laugh a little bit more, and they'd look at me and just burst out laughing. And it was one of those moments where I knew I was having one of the greatest days of my life. And when I look at moments like that, so many of them I have shared with you. And this morning needs to take its place among the highest and the best. I'm not going to tarnish this day by yielding to dismay regarding the pandemic. It is what it is and we can't fix it. And the Lord will give us grace to get through it. He knew even before all of these things began to fall together. God knew we walk in his providence. So there's no sense in wasting emotion on those things. No one would ever choose to go out like this. No pastor ever wants to go out like this. But life is full of circumstances that were not of our choosing. And part of maturity is just getting up and recognizing that we've got to walk on a little bit further and we'll make it through these things. And that God is working all things together for good, even in the midst of the worst. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I'm not going to give in to maudlin sentimentality and I'm certainly not going to tap into any sense of mourning because we really have nothing to mourn today. There's no body, there's no tomb, no life sentence being offered here. We are simply turning a chapter in a book that's just too good to put down. That's how I feel about Calvary Church. We're turning the chapter and you don't want to put the book down because the next chapter is going to be even better than the one before. And as you walk through that next chapter, you're going to begin to understand some of the plot that you've been walking out with me for the last 35 years. So another great moment has found us here this morning. It's found us. And it carries with it a joy that lights even the darker corners of my soul. So I am... I am found this morning, and as I am found by God, I pray that I am found first a thankful man, that he finds me a thankful man. I am so grateful for friendships. I remember being told in Bible college that you had to be real careful. As a pastor, you couldn't have too many close friendships. I never bought into that. I've never lived by that, and my life has been enriched 
by so many friendships. I'm grateful for those. I'm grateful for the shared journey we've had together. I'm grateful for those who were with us for a season and they've moved on other places and they're, they're effective in the kingdom of God and other places. The fact that we shared a little bit of the journey together, it means absolutely everything. I am grateful. I'm grateful for your help. I'm grateful for your kindness. I'm grateful for your generosity. I'm grateful for great church boards. Never have had, I never have had a board member who opposed me. I've had several that we didn't agree. We didn't see eye to eye on everything, but we agreed. We agreed in the midst of it all that we would be agreeable and that we would find common ground. And I have, I have been blessed as a pastor to walk with great leaders, great boards, wonderful staff people, whether they're paid or volunteers, wonderful people. And should I try and begin to name names, and there's so many, some of them are so close to me. There's staff who are like family. There are volunteers who are like family. Some have just, I walked with you through a dark place and we became close. There's so many names, but once I start, I, I couldn't stop. And before long, I'd be saying the same thing over and over and we'd be turning out the lights late tonight. It would really be dishonest for me to say I come to this hour without any regrets but I will say that the sting of those regrets, it's, it's gone. I look back over the hard times and the hard knocks and the hard cases. There have been a few of those. I look back over the faults and the failures. And every one of them I have mined. I have thoroughly mined them for their lessons. And I've decided I'm going to keep all the gold from all of those things. And I'm going to abandon the old dark tunnels and leave them where they are. So I am found this morning by God, I am found to be a, a thankful man. Thankful man. I got ahead of myself. I'm only going to single one person out to name. We met 40 years ago in the pursuit of a life in ministry, and there's not been a single moment where she's not been a full partner with me in everything. In this moment, already shared the platform with her, but I have to say, I have to speak it. I have to declare this woman who has shared my life with me, the love of my life, apart from Jesus, no one's loved me more, helped me more, believed in me more, given me more, or carried, uh, carried the burden with me in the most noble pursuit on the face of the earth. Nobody, nobody has walked the road that she has walked, and I have to honor, I have to honor my partner, my wife, Sherry. Though time won't allow a listing of so many important people, many here today and many online, so many have, some, some have even gone on now to be with the Lord, but I look at their lives and their faithfulness and their love and their friendship. That will never be replaced. We'll have new friends and new challenges, but you'll never be replaced in our hearts because we've shared great moments together. We've walked up some pretty tall mountains and we've got through some pretty dark valleys and I pray upon reflection that some of you may discover somehow that we have truly lived and we have loved and we've left a legacy together that you'll say one of these days, you know, we were living some of the best days of our lives. For that, I'm thankful. I pray this morning that I am also found of God to be a faithful man. I say, as Paul said so long ago, he said it without boasting, and I do too. I've kept the faith. 
Time will inevitably tell its story, and I pray it can be said of me and Sherry, they were faithful. But you know, faithfulness is not enough. We talk a lot about faithfulness. We just want God's people to be faithful. We do, but we want them to be a lot more than faithful. As a matter of fact, some of the most miserable people I have ever met have been people who are very faithful. They they darken the door, really darken the door of the church every single week. They They never miss, and they always give. And they are really, really faithful, but they are not fruitful. We're not called just to be faithful. We're called to be fruitful. Sometimes we're just habitual. We need to be fruitful. And that's a story that time's going to tell. We're called to fruitfulness. And my prayer for you is that your fruit will increase more and more and more and more. I do need to acknowledge today your partnership in missions Some of you were part of, as Sherry mentioned, the distributions in Russia were over from Calvary Church people over those 15 years. We distributed more than a million copies of the Book of Hope. And out of those distributions, we can number today more than 100 churches in Siberia because of those efforts. And the Eshelmans back there have worked that same territory. They can give testimony to the fact that there is a different Russia today, not just because of Calvary, but because somebody had the vision to get the word of God into the hands of Russian school children. You were a big part of that. And so we have a part in that. For, for churches all over Central America, the, the brick, the mortar, the sweat, I've been there and I've seen our teams working, guys and gals putting up churches and we've lost count of them, but you've been so good and so faithful with our missions team and with missions vision. And then of course, for more than 200 water wells and uh, that are giving water this morning to children in little villages in, in, uh, in Zambia, for the three girls' homes that are going right now, for the skills center that's just been built, for the Bible college that is going up and being constructed right now in a nation that closed most of the Bible schools, we found a way the door has opened and through Hope Ride and through the monies you've helped us raise, a Bible school is rising up and we will have a Bible school in South Africa where all of the others have been, have been shut down. We give glory to God for this. Don't ever, ever ever turn your eye away, Calvary Church, from the foreign mission field. We have been blessed with so much in America, and we must share it with the world. It's true. We need to meet people across the aisle. It's true. We need to reach the people next door. It's true that there's a world of need all around us. But if we take our eyes off of the DNA, the core of who we are as a church, which is world missions, we will miss we will miss the opportunities that God has given us to change this world. Don't take your eye off missions. It can be successfully argued that a preacher without a text is just making a talk. <laughs> and so for a text, I just want to speak for a moment from Acts chapter 20, verse 32, in the midst of Paul's farewell dress, address to the Ephesian elders. Paul offers to them a defense of his ministry, And it's tender and it's poignant and it's courageous. You can read the entire thing in the 20th chapter of Acts. He's well aware that difficult times are awaiting him, that for him it's imprisonment for sure and probable martyrdom for the sake of the gospel. He warns them, he warns these Ephesian elders at Miletus. He says, their fierce wolves are going to come in among you. And you can almost feel the pain that he feels for the knowledge that he cannot be there with his shepherd's crook. 
to beat away the wolves that would destroy the church. You can sense the regret in his voice that he won't be there in those moments. He prays for them. He weeps with them. And then he utters five words that I knew long ago would be the final five words I would speak to you from the word of God as your pastor. These five words from Paul's Paul's address to the Ephesians. I commend you to God. I commend you to God. You see, Paul knew Timothy would come after him and Paul would go on and he would write his letters, but he knew that there was only one safe place where he could make a deposit of the ultimate value in life, a heavenly safe deposit box that could not be breached. So Paul says to these Ephesian elders who are certainly going to be dealing with fierce wolves and grave difficulties, he says, I'm, I'm commending you to God. I'm going to lock you up in the, in, in the safe deposit box. I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust one with you who can do far more than I ever could. Because Paul had to soon hasten to Jerusalem and he knows there's another chapter that's about to be written in his life story. Paul has no other place to go. He has no better place to go with those he holds dear. See, Paul wrote to the Ephesians of his unshakable faith in the power of God in that stirring benediction. It is one of the great, for me, it's one of the great passages in all of Scripture when Paul says, now unto him. Now unto him who is able. Just break it up. Now unto him who is able to do. Hmm. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or imagine. According to his mighty power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations. <laughs> That's triumphant. That speaks to the power core of life. Now unto him who is able. Jude comes along and writes, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Now unto him. And I've stepped into the bank of heaven this morning to make a deposit in the safe deposit box. And I've got my own now. So let me speak to the heart of Calvary and say, now you be strong, be faithful, be fruitful, be kind, be salt, be light, and be love in the world. Don't lose your grip on truth because only the truth can make men free. Now be the church, be hope up against the darkest horizons. Be the family of God. Be a refuge in the storm. Be confident that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Be confident that better days are yet to come and that we have shared at least one of those moments in life when it seems as though we suddenly awaken to the discovery that we were having one of the best days of our lives. So it's with great joy and a storm of emotions. I can do no better except to say, I love you and I commend you to God.
Good morning, everyone. My name is Chris Ola. I have the privilege of being vice president. Oh, vice president. <laughs> I'm, I didn't know. I just took a promotion. <laughs> vice chairman of the board, and I have the privilege of serving, is what I meant to say, with these fine gentlemen in the back, Victor Ofori Badu, Jim Bishop, Wesley Abazabo, and Sam Davis, who unfortunately wasn't able to be with us today. But we have the privilege of coming here this morning and just recognizing you, Pastor and Sherry, for your faithful service to this church body over these past 35 years. I've been with you for 16 of those, and it's been a privilege to be with you. And some of the things that come to mind, we think back, is your, faithful, your faithfulness to not only this body of believers, but your faithfulness to the Lord. You have taught and preached the word of God to us. It's often been said that people listen to what you preach, but they emulate your behavior. And you two have been a model for us as a congregation to follow. And we thank you for that. Just like Paul said, do as I do. You are a living example for us to follow in our lives. So we thank you for that. You've also allowed us, if you, if you would ask, to be part of your lives through the ups and the downs of your life. You live in a glass house, but you've invited us in, and we appreciate that. And lastly, when you lead any congregation of any size, it's inevitable that you will have conflict, but you've always handled it with very good poise. You've handled it with grace, with love, and with unity, and we thank you for that. So on behalf of the board, we'd like to just give you a gift, and we have a gift for you coming now for Sherry as well. Hers is prettier initially, but I think you'll appreciate this one as well. And we have the other gift coming. Can we recognize them for their faithlessness? Thank you. We'll always look back on this. As you leave now, we're excited for you and your next chapter God has for you. But we'll always look back with fondness on our journey together. So thank you very much. For those of you that are present with us this morning, if you would like to leave your love offering, we encourage you to uh, in the buckets that Pastor mentioned in each of the lobbies in the buckets. You can put them in there. For those of you online, you can, do, you can click on the give button and then select love offering in the drop-down box. And for those of you that are really cutting edge, and I kind of gravitate to this section over here, that, that are, have your mobile device perhaps and you really want to give online, you want to text, uh, you can do that. You can text the word love, L-O-V-E, to the number 84321. Again, 84321. One last time, 84321. Thank you so much. One last thing also, I, I, I need to mention this. Weird times are in with COVID, right? This is also surreal. But I know there's a great desire in this body of believers, because I know it's in my heart too, that after service, we all want to run up and just express our love personally, each and every one of us, to Pastor and Sherry and their family. But we'd ask you to kindly just to refrain from doing that in light of the, 
the, the, what they've asked us to do as far as social distancing, it would be nearly impossible. However, however, Pastor and Sherry have promised us and committed to come back at a time when it's, we can do that. So if you don't mind today, just refrain. We'd appreciate that. Thank you so much for your patience and your understanding for that, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, it is great Hi, Pastor to Pastor Dave be and Sherry. You. Congratulations on 35 years of outstanding ministry effectiveness at Calvary Church. Wow, what an incredible accomplishment. Calvary, we're so proud of you. You are a life-giving church that models so many things so well. You're, you're not only a healthy local church, but you're a church that's having a global impact through your missions connectivity. I'm excited about the future for Dave and Sherry and know that they'll do an outstanding job in their new leadership assignment. But I'm also excited, Calvary, for what God has for you next. Because you see, our steps really are ordered of by the Lord. And God is ordering the Crabtree steps. That means he's ordering somebody else's steps to come and to continue the great, great work that's been established there. So congratulations. I pray that you feel the love of your people. You feel the love of guests. And to both the church and the Crabtrees, we salute you and are excited for your future. As I was saying, it is wonderful to be with you here today. Um, I'm going to give you just a little story that goes back a little bit further than the 35 years that Pastor David and Sherry have been here. It started many years ago when David and Sherry's dads and my dad were teenage friends, and they, they had the run of Springfield, Missouri in those years. Fast forward 25 years Sherry and I came to Spring, were in Springfield, Missouri as young college girls, and we became friends because of our love for music, and our families had had history. Well, we uh, were in singing groups together. If there was music happening in Springfield, Missouri, Sherry was playing for it, and I was singing at it. So we were ministry partners back there before we even had met our husbands. And uh, let's fast forward another, oh, maybe 40 years since then. <laughs> and now today, we're about to become ministry partners side by side once again. And it's so beautiful to see the thread of life and the as pastors move around, most pastors, by the way, don't stay 35 years. You are a blessed people to have had them for 35 years. All the while she was here, I've lived in Illinois, Ohio, Washington State, North Carolina, and she has been right here, faithful. I recently ran across some pictures of when we were those young college girls in singing groups, and didn't matter how many people were in the picture, Sherry and I were always side by side. And I'm pretty excited that, again, we'll be in ministry side by side. Pastor David talked about moments of time. Many of those are rushing through my mind. 
remembering that my brother, Randall, in Ashboro, Ron McManus, that we'll talk about in a moment, were instrumental in you coming to Greensboro. Another moment of my then coming 17 years ago, and you were one of the first ones to greet us. The moment of, in our wedding, Sherry was in our wedding. Moments in time that mean so much. As a fellow pastor, just down the street in Concord, I was able to observe the growth and pastors David and Sherry in this church and its outreach. For 35 years, you've been blessed to be under their ministry and they have been blessed to serve you. Very few, as Susan has said, have had this kind of partnership. Every time we went to a church, four different churches, we thought we'd be there for the rest of our life. And the longest we were was at 15 years. And uniqueness. Moment in time of four and a half years ago when I realized that God had spoken to us and we were going to be ready to transition from our long-term pastorate ministry to leading the NCAG. And during that time, I, I knew that North Carolina and, and our nation needed some, some new directions, which demand some new ways of doing things. In a moment, I called you, David, and asked you to please be open, not to say what you should do, but to be open to this new season. And when Susan and I were elected as superintendents, you allowed your name, and now you and Sherry have been about have been alongside of us for these last four years as assistant superintendent, staying here, but expanding your reach. Moments in which just recently we realized it was time for a structural change in North Carolina Assemblies of God and that we needed more help to literally transform churches that have been stuck, that not have, have not experienced the passion, the missions outreach, the evangelism, and yes, the growth, the fruitfulness in their local congregations. And we began a process to change our structure that's been the same for a long, long time, 75 years, to one in which would allow us to have a full-time assistant superintendent and knew, I, I called once again, please be open to a change. You said yes, God said yes, and we now embark on July 1st. David and I will serve side by side with Sherry and Susan at our side to literally take what you've experienced of the mighty blessings of God to move on. David and Sherry, if you would come here, we have a presentation we would like to make to you in, in thankfulness as the NCAG leadership team for your 35 years of ministry. Well, go ahead. On behalf of the 275 Assemblies of God churches uh, in the North Carolina Assemblies of God, and let just, I'm going to say a side note, not everyone is like Calvary Church. You are blessed workers for the kingdom here. And um, but on behalf of all the rest of us, we are all a big family. We want to present this to you to put on your new bookshelf <laughs> for the 35 years of effective 
ministry that you have had in the Greensboro area and building this great church to the glory of God. I just want to say for the future of Greensboro Calvary, you are a strong church. We, we view you with great esteem. First of all, you are a loving body. And I know that because the three pastor's daughters in this church were brought up in a loving, wonderful environment. Yes, at home, absolutely. But the strong family of God that has helped raise these young women to be strong women ministers of God. And I am so proud to know all of you and to, for you to have had that part in them. Now the Lord is going to bring someone else. We don't know who it is yet. But no one will ever take the place of David and Sherry Crabtree. And no one is coming to try to take the place of them. You will somehow miraculously enlarge your heart to love a new pastor as you have loved Dave and Sherry. And you can go ahead and just keep loving David and Sherry. There is nothing wrong with that. But the Lord will enlarge your heart to embrace a new ministry couple, to come in, a new family perhaps, and to come in and lead you because that's who you are. That's who you've been taught to be because that is the heart of Christ. So we're cheering you on and we'll be waiting and praying with you for your future. I had the privilege of sitting through the first service and now through this one. My mind is just racing. Let me try to contain that wildness to bring it to this close. In Joshua chapter one, the RIV version, that's the Ross International version, which means I haven't memorized it. I'm going to say it in my own way and get away with it. Starts with these words. Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> Real quick, they're wide awake and they're alive. They're, they're okay. Not a funeral service. But what it's referring to is a season, a leadership moment of transition. All of us know that Moses was instrumental in a piece of Israel's history to bring them from bondage, from, from depression into a whole new dimension of power and authority. And Moses was celebrated and is still celebrated for the power of leadership that he had. And today we are celebrating those years in Pastors David and Sherry Crabtree. But in Joshua chapter one, it's moving forward. And he speaks to Joshua, who was there, and said, now get ready. I love those words, get ready. It really means we're not quite ready and we have some preparation to be ready, to get ready. And understanding that as I came and met with this amazing board, we have decided, as you have already known, and it's been announced, that 
Pastor Ron McManus will come and be interim pastor, which means he'll be the pastor for the next little bit with full authority of pastor and leading and working with the board and the staff and amazing man of God who has been here who, who, who needs no explanation other than God has gifted him at these times of transitions. It will give you a chance to move on it will give you a chance not to have someone immediately and then all natural mind will be, well, that's not the way David did it. Well, she's not like Sherry. And, and a little bit of a transition during this season in which Moses is being moved to this side and a new leader is coming. Moments. You describe so beautifully, David, that day many, many years ago with three girls on your laps. And as I heard you the second time, I turned and looked that those three little girls are no longer little girls, nor are they alone. For had we stopped, had you stopped then and said, this moment is my ending moment, Six grandchildren would not be here. Are you catching where I'm about to go? To stop the cycle of movement, of change, of God's plan and say, we just want to camp here and be forever is, you can't do that because it means you will miss the next thing. Moses' time is done, but we have new things. Could I imply from the scripture better things? A, a opportunity to move into greater areas of influence in Greensboro, in this county, in North Carolina, and yes, around the world of impact because Greensboro Calvary, Temp Calvary Church has a bigger vision than one couple than one group of people, because the world is opening before us. During these three, four months of change, of uniquenesses, I have sat at home and watched churches adjust. None better than Greensboro Calvary Church. The online presence, the ministry, to those who can't always come. And now I'm beginning to see a little bit of what God has in store, though I'm not about to prophesy other than this. If you allow it, greater things lie ahead of you. Different. Thought just came to my mind. Jesus, when he left, said, greater things than these shall you do. Greater than what Jesus did, greater things than what we have seen in 35 years. We have just moved in our transition from Charlotte to Raleigh in preparation for this new season of together, new district offices. The house is two or three years old. The shrubs in the back are Piddly. Susan is the 
horticulturalist in our hand in our house. I have no green thumb. There's nothing. Well, anyway, there's, and I'm ready to yank them all up and start all over. And she said, Rick, you need to be patient, not my gift. Because next year, they're going to explode. Because it takes seasons for roots to go down before the growth experience. 35 years of way more than just roots going down. It's trees being built that now have the ability to impact this world. I look forward to what's about to happen. Personally, to be able to work and ne as never before side by side, one of my best friends, your pastor, David Crabtree. To be able to travel together and maybe let David bring out his bass, put Sherry back on the piano and let Susan sing once again. I'll take the offering. Can you picture with me for a moment a picture of newness, of growth, of impact? And when you catch that picture, the letting go is not so heavy because it's not saying goodbye, it's simply saying new things. God has in store. Father, help us in this closing moment of this song and this closing prayer of anointing over the Crabtree family to solidify in the hearts of these amazing people here and online of the great things you have in mind. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team is coming. I'm going to ask the entire Crabtree family and the board and spouses to come gather around the front. We're going to have a moment of prayer. Uh, you'll worship with the, with the worship team toward the end of it. They're going to slip out. I'll come back and give you one final word. We love you so much. David and Sherry, on behalf of every pastor, every church at NCAG, we're excited about where you're headed. And for you, we're excited about what God has in store.